Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. As we enter December, I heard people talking about their New Year's resolution already. Even though I'm a last-minute planner, I admire those who plan early. Some want to eat healthily in the New Year. That's a great habit because food is medicine. And if you eat right, you will prevent many troubles down the line and save a huge lot of money on medical costs. Some want to quit a bad habit, and some want to develop a good practice. Gym memberships usually increase at the beginning of the year. Whether we can keep our resolution is another matter, but it tells us something about the human desire to change for the better. It's a paradox. We all want to change for the better, but at the same time, we fear change because we don't want to leave our comfort zone. Some people bought a smartphone because the dumb phones are no longer available. As for me, I don't like to wear new shoes because old shoes are the most comfortable. I like to wear them until my wife secretly throw them away. Here is the paradox. People desire and fear change at the same time. As a result, people don't change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. We often call it hitting rock bottom. For those who resist change, hitting rock bottom is a good thing. The question is, do we have to really wait until we hit rock bottom to change? What if it turned out to be too late when we hit rock bottom? In 1988, when the entire nation of Burma rose up in protest for human rights and democracy, I told people with excitement that we had finally hit rock bottom, and the only way from then on was up. But a friend told me, no, no, no. We would dig a hole under rock bottom and keep going down the abyss. He was joking, but sadly it turned out to be true. The lesson is we can't rely on hitting rock bottom. For those who resist change, there is no bottom. My counselor, Janet Hansen, gave me a word of wisdom on change. If not now, when? The when would never come now is the only time to change. If you have something to change in your life, do it now. Don't even wait until the new year. Figure out a way to overcome resistance right now. Do you know the spiritual term for change is repentance? We often think repentance means regret, but it's more than regret. The Hebrew word for repentance, naham, means regret and change. Coincidentally, the Chinese word for repentance is also composed of two words, hui gai, meaning regret and change. 
Furthermore, the Greek word for repentance, metanoia, also means changing of heart and mind. So in conclusion, regret without change is not repentance. The human desire to make New Year's resolution reveals a deep spiritual longing for repentance, regret, and change. In today's scripture lesson for the second Sunday of Advent, John the Baptist, the greatest man ever born of women, according to Jesus, said, bear fruit worthy of repentance, Matthew 3, 8. It means fruitfulness is evidence of repentance. Don't you want your New Year's resolution to bear fruit? We all want to change to live our divine dreams. Your desire for a New Year's resolution is God's whisper to you to live a fruitful life. Let's nail it once and for all so we don't have to make the same resolution over and over again year after year. Let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you. You are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson today is from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Listen to the word of the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Matthew 3, 1 to 12. Happy are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, and his mission was to prepare people's heart for the coming of Christ. 
Jesus' presence is the presence of the kingdom of heaven. John says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 3, 2. John specialized in inspiring repentance. In other words, his mission was to promote change as a way to prepare for the coming of Christ. Jesus also wants us to live as if the Lord is coming any minute as we wait for his second coming. We discussed that last week. The point is, you can't wait until you hit rock bottom to change. The deadline for change is now or never. The question is how. So from this passage, we will focus on the change God wants to see in us and learn how to make the change permanent and become fruitful. I have distilled three metaphors from this passage for us to make fruitful changes. All these three steps are important. The first one is walk on water. Change is like walking on water because we all fear the uncertain future, especially after this pandemic, the prolonged war, and the looming recession. The fear makes people fulfill only half of the repentance. They regret, but don't change. Only by changing do we have a fruitful future. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus says, the only constant in life is change. Resistant change is foolish, but embracing change is also nerve-wracking, depending on how big the change is. We ask, what would happen if I change? What would happen if I left my comfort zone? We must remember it's okay to fear the unknown future. It's normal for humans to be afraid to step out into uncharted water. Step out anyway with faith because God will not let you drown. One of the reasons we fear change is self-doubt. We doubt our ability to make a difference in our lives and in the world. So we ask, who am I to make a difference? I'm nobody. Personally, I'm just a hillbilly from the highlands of Southeast Asia. Who am I to proclaim the kingdom to the smart urban Americans? It's like walking on water for me. But we can overcome this fear by learning from John the Baptist. John was also a hillbilly. He lived in the wilderness and dressed like a yokel. The Bible says, Now John wore clothing of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Verse 4. However, people listened to him. Why? It was his calling. When your heart tells you you need a New Year resolution, it could be God whispering to you about your calling. Your New Year's resolution might require you to step out to deliver your message and you fear nobody will listen. Look who came to listen to John. It says, Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region around the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Verse 5 and 6. Did you hear that? The people of Jerusalem and all over the country came to listen to this hillbilly, the next verse says, even the Pharisee and Sadducees came to be baptized by him. 
We know they were the religious and political elites and the cream of the crop. John's words to them were bold and politically incorrect, but they still came to him, not because of his eloquence, but because he stepped out to walk on water to fulfill his calling. So shall we search your heart, pray, and make the boldest New Year's resolution ever and decide to walk on water. I'm doing with you. Your fear to change might argue, John was in the prophecy to do what he did, but I don't think I have a big calling. I can tell you your specific calling, but I can tell you that Jesus expects you to do more extraordinary things than he did. He said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me would do the works I have been doing, and they would do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, John 14, 12. Between now and his return, Jesus expects you to do incredible things because what you could do is a witness to his power. So don't think small to disappoint his expectation. So this year, don't make small New Year resolutions. Think big and bold and step out on the water to fulfill your divine dreams. The moment you step out, the water may freeze and you might walk on solid ice. If you know how to skate, you will have a lot of fun walking on the water. The second metaphor is burn the boat. Your boat is your comfort zone. As long as it is near, you might jump back in when fear takes over you. So burn the boat. In fact, the boat that you have may be made of thin paper. The Jews felt safe in their paper boat as the descendants of Abraham. So John told them to burn the boat. Do not presume to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I'll tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Verse 9, God made a covenant with Abraham to bless his children. So the Jews believed they were the chosen people and safe forever in Abraham's boat. John said that they had misinterpreted the covenant and take refuge in false security, thinking they could goof without consequences. He said if they didn't bear the fruit, God would raise up another group of people to fulfill the job. The stones John mentioned represents the Gentiles. As a result, we became the spiritual descendants of Abraham. Now, John's message applies to us. As Reformed Protestants, our paper boat or our comfort zone is God's grace. We believe we are saved by the amazing grace through faith. True, but faith without fruit is futile. Grace is free, but not cheap. The Bible has many warnings against complacency in grace. My late Methodist uncle said that the Presbyterians are the frozen chosen. John warns us that God has other solutions if we are frozen. So we must burn the paper boat of misinterpreted grace. John said if we don't bear fruit, we become dispensable. He says even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. 
Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse ten. Grace is for those who dare to walk on water. In fact, it's safer to walk on water than sit in a paper boat. Actually, it can be fun and meaningful to walk on water. That leads to the third metaphor: serve the Spirit. John said, "I baptize you with water for repentance." But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Verse eleven: God doesn't send you out on a mission without equipping you with the power to accomplish it. When you step out to walk on water and burn the boat, providence appears. The Holy Spirit is also known as the power from on high. Luke twenty four forty nine. Jesus also said, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth." Acts one eight. Here Jesus was talking to a group of nobodies, fishermen, tax collectors. And cowards hiding in the upper room, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, they changed the world, and we have benefited from their fruits. It's now our turn to serve the Spirit. It may be nerve-wracking, but also thrilling and meaningful. Professor Lena Sweet urges us to be pneumonauts. Pneuma is the Greek word for spirit, like an astronaut. A pneumonaut is someone who navigates the sphere of the spirit. If you want to be a pneumonaut to enjoy playing in the field of the Lord, you must leave your comfort zone and dare to serve the space of the Holy Spirit. There we have it. Here's how you can have a bold New Year's resolution and make your divine dream come true, even if you think it's beyond your ability. Walk on water, burn the boat, serve the spirit. With these steps, you will bear much fruit. Most importantly, that's the best way to stay awake, waiting for the advent of the Holy One. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again. Keep your light shining brighter and broader, and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.